How you doing? I'm doing really good. Been busy at work. It's been really hot out. Oh my stars. You guys haven't had a heat wave, I heard. Yeah, we're, um, I mean, yesterday, I think it was like 90 degrees plus humidity. And I had my shirt off all day and it was just like, holy cow, like I always got so burnt. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Well, Mitchell, it is, I don't know if we could call you by your, your stage name we gave you. <laughs> oh, it's fine. You can call me Magic Mix or whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. Oh, there you go, brother. There you go. Well, hey, thanks for uh, coming on this uh, podcast interview call. It's for two purposes. Um, one, it's for you just to make the space for you to review your journey, get your gifts, get the highlights, and also for you to start giving it away. So when we say give it away, we're talking about, you know, anything we get that's good enough for us, we need to be able to give it away to other people. We need to give it away as our cup overflows, as we fill our cup first, and the cup overflows, we give it away to our friends, family, loved ones, anybody and everybody around us, right? Yeah. So let me just briefly introduce you and tell everybody what we're doing here. So hello, everyone, again. My name is Sebastian Wynn. Um, I'm business partner and co-founder of Dental Syndicate with uh, Dr. Jeff Booski. And we had a men's training this weekend with Dental Syndicate. And what you'll find out here is Mitch is not a dentist. And yes, our primary target are dentists and business owners and their friends and family. So you'll find out here we did have Dennis this weekend and he brought his 19-year-old son, which was amazing. It was just an amazing gift for all the men. But it's for Dennis primary business owners and their friends. Okay. So Mitch is one of the business owners that came to this men's training this past weekend. And Mitch, tell them a little bit what you do. What is it that your, your business company does? So we travel doing storm cleanup uh, around the nation, uh, wherever there's a big storm and wherever there's actually tree work. And we just basically try to service people and try to make sure that they're taken care of uh, by taking down their trees safely and properly. That's basically what we do. <laughs> yeah, you, you act like it's not a big deal, but if there's a, a tree laying in front of my yard, impeding me going to work or hindering in my yard, my street, hindering my kids go to school or something. And it's not that, oh, that's all we do. I mean, it really changes lives. I, I just came back from Portland, Oregon, uh, maybe about a month ago when they had their big storm and they got those guys working 24 seven inside of the street. I mean, it was yeah. a bad storm. It was horrible streets. People are not be able to get groceries, gas. I mean, it was, it was pretty intense. So Humbly, you shared what you did, but what you really do makes a difference in this world. Well, let's talk yes, about you um, personally. Yeah, go ahead. But I mean, like when you have the tools, it makes life a lot easier. Because me personally, I can't pick up a tree, but I can cut it down. I just don't have, I just would not have the capability of picking up a 2,000, 3,000 pound tree. Yeah, without but my you, just did, you said exactly what we're talking about right now. It's not the issue, it's having the tools. It's not yes. the circumstances having any tools. So let's find out what tools you picked up this weekend to overcome what circumstances or situations in your life. How's that? Uh, it's been fantastic. Um, as far as like learning how to be a king, a lover, a magician, and um, uh, a warrior. I mean, it's changed my life drastically where it's like now I can see things in a very clear way where um, before I was very unsure of myself and not sure to be emotional, not sure to be a king, not sure to be a warrior, not sure on my own belief at sometimes, like, like, what should I do? Like, am I, 
like, am I happy with what I am or who I, uh, what I'm doing? And the King side of me is like basically saying that I need to be able to protect, like, I need to help me first. Mm -hmm. I need to tell other people that this, guess what? This is who I am. And if you don't like it, there's the door. Like I have a, and, but when you leave that door, it's always open for you again. That's right. Like you can't just be telling people that you're better than everyone else. It's not that I'm better than everyone, everyone else. It's that I have learned something that not everyone has ever, ever experienced in their life. Like this is like the one percentile of anyone that's learned this. Stuff. Absolutely. So let's pause right there. Cause I love what you said. You're not better than everyone else. You learn something about, let's get more specific about yourself. See the whole weekend, all we are is calling you into the four archetypes that's natural for all men. I mean, beginning of history on, you'll see this through every generation, every culture, every season of life that men are kings, warriors, lovers, and magicians, if they choose it. See, I think that's my experience of you is you came to own the fact. See, you're not better than everyone else. You just accept yourself more. You accept that you can be a king when you need to. You can be a warrior when you need to. You can be a magician when you love to. You can be a lover when you need to. And you accepted that. And I think that's what puts you that one percent tile where everyone else is still trying to be and emulate someone else. They're trying to be a imitation of what they think the best is. They're being a cheap Chinese knockoff where you just accepted who you are and you're not, you're not hundred percent there. You just, um, oops, I unplugged my mic. I can still hear you, but I can't see you anymore. Oh, let me see here. Mike, uh, Oh, Shazam. I really did mess that one up, didn't I? Oh, geez. <laughs> Hold on one second. There we go. Now I'm completely done. Mitchell. Yes. See what happens when you do things live? <laughs> Camera. Hey, don't jinx it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get it. Here it comes. Come on. Come on, you little booger. Well, son of a biscuit. Here we go. Is that me or you? Wow, what the Christmas? Oh, here, that's why. You know why? Bam! See? Oh, now I can't hear you. What the Christmas? Let me see. Say something, Mitchell. I don't hear, I don't get your mic. Oh, you know why? Wait, wait, wait. Select speakers. You're coming out of speakers. Microphone, microphone. No, where are you? I'm good now. Let's see more. You can't hear me. Son of a biscuit. You liar. <laughs> microphone. There you go. I can hear you now. There you go. What happened? Did you turn it down? No, I didn't do anything. I was just waiting for you to do it. <laughs> but hey. you were talking about cheap Chinese knockoff yeah, um, and the one percentile. And that's why I think what you said was so beautiful is I really believe there's very few and low number of people who actually accept who they are. They're uniquely, wonderfully created like none other, but we have been trained, taught, and educated. We have these voices in our head. We call them the whispers that tell us that we need to be like them. And more we're like that person, the more significant important we are because we're not enough. So here's what I want to start off with. Um, 
Mitchell, tell me, what was your life like before the training? I mean, listen, your life was working for you. You weren't broken because we don't take people whose lives are broken. We don't take people that we need to rescue. We don't take people who we need to save. So your life was working for you. It just wasn't at the level that you wanted it. So tell us a little bit about your life personally, your faith, fitness, family, finance. What was that life like before the training? So let's just start with my uh, faith. Um, so with my faith, I mean, I absolutely love my church. Um, I absolutely love the people, but I just didn't feel like I was getting the, the information that I really wanted. And I wasn't being able to be exactly who I am. Like, I just felt like whenever I was going to church, I just felt like I was, um, not real. Like I was just living life to please people and even though like some people might say that I was still myself or I haven't I mean I was still myself I just wasn't transparent about it like I wasn't fooling yourself wasn't fooling yes I wasn't a king of my own self um so like with that being said it just felt like when I was going to church I just didn't feel like I was getting enough um and I was getting information from my pastor. I just, I wanted to become something more that I didn't have. And um, I think what I might be doing is I might just be trying out different churches just to see what else is even out there trying to live that 95% life. Cause me living in my comfortable 1%, uh, 5% life um, by not being, so being comfortable in my 5%, but I want to start living my 95% life as far as my spiritual life goes, as far as experiencing other uh, churches, experiencing other people, seeing what else is out there. And it's not that I don't like my church. It's just, I want to experience something different. All right. Let's pause right there because you did a great job just telling us where you're at. So I heard is in your church, you've been going there for a while. You live in South Dakota. It's probably a community church, family church. Everybody knows each other. The pastor is great. It's just that, Sometimes the culture we've been grew up. Remember, we grew up with history. Remember, we're trained, educated, and taught, and all these things collectively together over the years become these little voices in the back of our head we call the whispers. And they set up a frame or a, a, a picture frame that we live in. What I'm hearing you say is nothing's wrong with that picture frame. It worked for you for a season. You're a different season in your life, and you want to explore other picture frames to see how bigger yep. and how the same principle be lived out a different way. Same people can live in different things, different denominations, different culture, religions can express love a different way, but you're just exploring. You're not throwing something away. I want people to really get that. It's that when you grow and you maturate, you always have that with you. It's like stocks. Yes. You'll always have that portfolio. You're just adding more portfolios into your stock portfolio. You're adding more tools into your toolbox. So, I, I mean, you just got out of training today's what, Tuesday, two days ago. You're in yeah. it for three days straight. So all this, you know, you're still wrestling through. And I love it because it's raw and it's real. And it's giving you space to wrestle through it. But I just want the audience to know he's not throwing away his faith. He's not throwing his church, his community. What he is is expanding his faith because he's growing and he's expanding and saying, okay, how does that same principle of love, forgiveness, joy, peace, patient, kindness, how does that look in a different context? How can I learn it in a deeper way? Am I, am I on the point? Yes, 100%. Excellent. And it's not that I want to burn any bridges because yep. I still want to have an open bridge to that my my home church. 
Yeah, yeah. That I've grown up my whole life. But but I'm going to go back to what you said at the very beginning. You will leave that bridge open, but they have to choose to cross that bridge too. See, I think that's the liberty that you guys were being um, just told over and over all weekend long. You get to set your table. You get to put what you want to eat on it. And then people get to choose if they want to come and sit at your table. By you setting your table doesn't mean you're better than them. It just means you figured out what you want and you're comfortable with your skin and you're comfortable with what you want to eat. But the table's open. Come join me. Let's feast together. And they'll look at you. Oh, Mitchell, are you kidding me? You want to eat that raw, nasty sushi stuff? Just cook the fish already. You know, (laughs) you don't have to have it. If you don't want it, you don't have to sit at my table. But what I understand is, you're expanding your taste buds, expanding different things on your table, and you're leaving a chair open for the uh, church to continue to have a relationship with you, but they choose not to. Because what we have to understand is some people will not sit at our table because they have their own world, their own frame, their own lifestyle they want. And if you don't fit into theirs, it's not right, wrong, good, or bad. It's just that they most likely won't come into yours. Yeah, and that's and that's totally fine. I mean – I respect that 100% and they have a right to their own belief. And I just want to see what else out, is out there because how can I say that I am a Baptist Christian if I've never experienced anything else in this world? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love how already you're processing, thinking through how to apply this transformation in your life, apply being happy in your own skin, applying being happy with who Mitchell is and actually saying, Hey, he's more than where he is currently right now, his comfort zone. And he wants to expand out. Terrific. So that's your faith. How about your fitness? Talk to me. You know, if we saw you shirt off, we're going to say you're pretty good in your fitness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very, very freaking um, strong, freakishly <clears throat> strong, very solid. Uh, tell us what was your fitness like before the training? Um, basically I would do CrossFit whenever I had time. And, um, basically I just do tree cutting. So all day long, I'm outside, um, cutting down trees or else sometimes, sometimes rarely I will climb a tree. Um, and then the other times basically every single day I'll clean up our job. So all the time I'm very physically active. So with that, I choose that to be a type of my workout. But the one thing that I've been working on is eating and drinking water properly so that I have the sustenance and the energy and the sustainability to do what I do with more integrity, with more of a better thought process so that when we're at the end of the day working or at the end of the day, um, and I want to go do something with my friends by going out and going on a walk or going to a concert or going to, uh, wherever, go, Uh, have a campfire I have that energy within me to be able to enjoy life to the fullest because if you you don't have your you're drinking enough water if you're not eating correctly um, with on top of what you're doing for work you're not going to have the energy after work to be able to impact other people's lives that's what I feel no and I love it I love it the fact that it's not just um it's being self-aware to another level. Yeah, you can physically fit and all that, but 
that's temporary. You're adding on the, the hydration. You're adding on the nutrition. And that's great to hear. And like I said, people know you. If they've seen you. You did that all weekend. That was probably your strongest thing you came into the training with. You really got it. You really dialed that part in in your life. So we talked about your faith, your fitness. Let's talk about your family. What was family life like before? Are you single, married, divorced? Talk to us about your family life. And family, we define as all relationships. The guys that you work with, you choose to be with them on these jobs. You choose to be with them hours and hours a day. Your church family, your home family, uh, everything else. But family's not just your biological. We say they're all the relationships you give your time to. So you get to choose your family. It's not a default. So tell us about your family before the training. So I would say between my actual biological family and my church family, um, I was a totally different person. Like I can be totally 100% real. Um, I guess it's, I don't know if it's, if I'm 100% real, it's that um, I guess I was more of a warrior in that protective stage where I'm trying to protect them from cussing and swearing in front of them because I'm in front of a different audience, but it's not that I'm trying to protect them from me or not trying to show them me. It's just that I respect who they are and I want to be able to honor them. And, and me being a warrior, I have to be able to protect the people around me. So I think, I don't think it was that I was pretending to be uh, around them. It's just that I didn't know how to be that King lover magician and a warrior around them to become even more myself to be even more personable but if something did bother me and i said and i slipped up and said the f word or uh said bitch or something like that i mean <laughs> guess what um if they don't like it i mean it's it's i'm not sorry it's just that's who i am like i'm i can't apologize for what's inside of me at that moment and um and I think that uh, with my family, I extremely oh, love them. Wait, wait, let's I, pause. Let's pause. Let's stay with your church family for a second because you said yes, something so okay. amazing. I love what you said. And this is my experience of you. So it might, you might have different ways to say, but I experienced you learning how to give yourself permission to be the warrior, the king, the lover, magician. Uh, you're giving yourself the permission to be even more authentic. You were authentic. And I love that you put words around it now because – at the beginning, it was really frustrating because you felt, at least my experience of you, you said you felt like maybe you were hiding, but you didn't feel like you're hiding, but you knew you couldn't just be authentically you. And I love how you just phrased it. Now you realize you were being a warrior. You were protecting them and protecting the church culture and respecting them by not cussing. But here's the part I think is beautiful. When you said, and if I slipped up and I said, fuck, shit, bitch, whatever, I cussed, right? Yes. That's not a slip up. That is expressing, at least that's what I just heard you say, that's expressing a moment, a passion, a pain, or a frustration, but it's expressing a deeper part of you. And you just realize it's just not that appropriate in that context with those people. And so yes. you weren't being a hypocrite. You weren't being, you were actually letting your warrior come out saying, hey, that's not most appropriate place. But you know what? I feel angry. I feel frustrated. I feel mad, upset. And you know what? If you're talking at church about children, being sold in sex slavery, I'm going to say, fuck. I'm going to get angry. Yeah. That pisses the shit out of me because that it is does. not right. In any country, culture, or anything, almost the whole world will tell you that is fucking wrong. 
But if we yeah. don't have that freedom to express who we are, we start hiding ourselves or we start becoming smaller or less of ourselves and learning say, well, how could a king say it? How would a warrior say it? How would a lover say it? How would a magician say it? And still get that same anger out and same, that same frustration that's wrong and evil. And I think that's my experience of you on this journey is that you're just learning different ways to express yourself that's appropriate in every context without having to hide or shrink. Am, am I taking exactly. out context? No, you are 100% right. Um, okay, great. I believe, I, I think that it's, that's exactly who I was scared of being able to express myself when something happened. So if somebody were to uh, ridicule me for something, um, I was always that scared little boy of showing them who I was and being the king at that time of being like, hey, I don't I don't fucking appreciate what you just said to me. Um, you need to actually um, say it in a different way or just not even say it at all. Like that kind or of even, thing. Or even apologize, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't I don't appreciate people that um, are a hypocrite to me. Mm-hmm. And I've been actually realizing it more when somebody is hypocritical of me so like obviously let's just put it for an example so yesterday um one of my employees uh threw trash out the window and i didn't really care because guess what that's his life well we were just getting off work and i had a piece of wrapper in my hand and i threw it out the window he's like dude you know what you're super childish by throwing something out the window i'm like uh wait a fucking minute dude you just threw something out of the window just this morning you cannot tell me anything about being a child because you're just telling yourself that you're a child so guess what <laughs> you need to go fuck off so he was like oh oh i'm, I'm sorry and i was like see you can't I, and that's what i felt great and relieved that i'm just like i have the power to realize in me of what i have and it gives me it gives other people to look at me with more respect. No, no, no. I, I'm not I'm looking at you with respect. Right. I'm like, you're not fucking perfect. You threw a piece of trash out the window. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a very, I'm I'm a pig. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't worry. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. You're going to have a nice trash can in your truck. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I appreciate it. I, I, no, but I love what you said. Problem solution. There. Here's what I love you said. First of all, you're not perfect. You're like every other fucking human being. We all throw trash out the window one way or another. You know what I mean? That's symbolism. We all do it some way or another. You know what I'm saying? We leave shit for our spouse to pick up. We do something for our kids, for our employees. But we all fucking throw trash out the window. There is no stone being um, thrown here. I'm just grateful you got to share it because now, seriously, I'm going to buy you something for your truck. (laughs) Second, what I really heard, and this is a gift I heard, this is a celebration, is in the past, you saw him do something. You know what? You don't judge him. That's his life. But only you do the exact same thing. All of a sudden, he's judging you. And before, you wouldn't have said shit. You nope. just felt like shit. Yep. And now this time, you stood up for yourself. Exactly. And it felt great. Woo! That I celebrate. That's great because you're accepting yourself. You're not perfect. But you know what? Hey, brother, don't shit down my throat. I'm not going to let you do that anymore. Yeah. Whatever it may be. See, that's respecting and loving yourself. I love that. I love that. Boy, what do the guys see this part of it? They're going to celebrate. That's great. Because that's all yeah. we talk about all weekend long because you just conform to your culture. You've conformed to your religion. You conform to this title of being this nice guy, this good old boy, this guy from, uh, well, you shouldn't do this. You should do that. And this box that everybody had you into. 
You're like, fuck you. I'm bigger in this box. And you're not exactly. being disrespectful. You're not being disrespectful. You're not being a jerk. You're not being an asshole. You're just being authentically you and give yourself permission to find that you during this journey. Is that correct? Exactly. Yep. Woo! You're 100% Sighted. correct. All right. Let's talk about your family, your biological family. So with my family, I've been uh, being able to communicate to them through video, text videos a little bit more, um, which I think oh, wait, wait, that's... wait. Tell us before, before the training. What was it like before? Oh, so okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, before, I guess, um, with my biological family, um, they kind of had an idea of who I was. And as far as like, I'm the more, I uh, uh, wasn't the troubled child. I was the more... Um, I was the hyper child. I was the very outgoing person, like the, I guess the the bad child, I guess, out of the whole group. <laughs> I was the black sheep of the of the whole group. But um they kind of had an idea of who I am. Um I mean, I'm not going to go into any details as far as like what I've done in my past, but it's just like I need to be able to um if they ask me for permission like Ashley asking me like hey what have you ever done this before or have you done this before I'm like yeah and then if I they say well that's evil I'll be like okay well here's the first part of it is that if you think something's evil let me look into your life and see what's evil in your life because if I can't support you on what you have done in your past and being able to be present and being a lover to you as far as your um just supporting you, then you can be more open with me in the times where I could like, I'll actually go, you'll come to me because I was 100% authentic and supportive of you and your, in your journey of your life. And like what you do with your son, Sebastian, I, I actually, I applaud you for that because I kind of wish my dad could have um, been able to be there for me more in the times where I, I shouldn't have hid from him. I should have been able to go to him and be able to tell my emotions to him, to be able to tell him about the girlfriend that I had or the, the friends that I had or the time that I did something wrong or the time that I got a speeding ticket or whatever. Just be 100% real with him. But it's like, I felt like my mom and dad expected me to be this, um, perfect Christian boy or to be something that served God, which I do. It's just, it wasn't in their parameter of their life. And so then I felt like I wasn't who I, I, I wasn't enough. And I just felt like a loser. I just felt like I wasn't loved. I felt like I wasn't appreciated. I felt like I was always try uh, doing something to become something to have their approval and then i kept on going through this cycle and it just wore me out and it just kills me but then now i feel like i just have that chain unloosed of freedom between all of my family that i don't have to fear them i don't have to fear them to thinking that they will never love me because of i might smoke a cigar that i might drink a little bit and I'm never wanting to get drunk. It's just to be able to celebrate with a group of men um, to do something fantastic with each other. And I should never be able to hide that. I should be able yeah. to be 100% transparent with my family 
friends, church, everything. And if they don't like it. Yeah. And no, I love what you're saying. And I love the jab you gave me because you outsmoked me on that cigar. And I'm very mad that you brought this up publicly. (laughs) That was awesome. Yeah. Remember that night? And see, that's what I'm saying. It's not that we're right or wrong, bad or good, that we had a cigar together. We had a share experience. We had laughter. You know, your your cigar ash was longer than mine. Mine fell right. And then what made me piss? You tore your ripper aggressively. I did, but after you did it, yours fell off a couple seconds. So I'm like, damn it, I just had to hold on a couple more seconds. <laughs> but I hear what you're hey, saying. Hey, guess what? I'm a very um, gracious winner, but I will rub it into your face a little bit later. You'll just I love it. I love it. That's fun. Time. That's what makes things great because we bring up that memory and that experience again. Here's what I heard you say. I even, no, I, I didn't grow up in a religious background. I had my stepfather, Catholic, introduced that my mother was Buddhist and all these things in between. And eventually I chose Christianity myself, but I also got to a season where, because it's the church, it's quote, quote, religion. I too, like you felt like, you know, I had to be a certain way, do a certain way and look a certain way. And it just more I did that, it felt like I was being less authentic for who I was. And it yeah, didn't exactly. mean you're a bad person if you had a drink or a cigar or just hang out with your friends. And so I love the fact that you're seeing that you're not shaming and guilting. You're not... Um, demeaning your culture, your history, and background, religion, you're saying, hey, it has its place, and you're finding your place. That's why I love what you're saying. You know, you're finding your place. You're finding the liberating freedom that you can be you authentically, and then your family gets to choose to let you out of that box they have you in. They get to choose. Now, what's kind of funny is John, another attendee there, he was younger. He has a lot of boxes. He's 19. Just graduated high school. He's in college. And so everybody's putting him in a box because this is what success looks like. You're further down the road. You're almost 30. And they almost have you in the same boxes. We put boxes on each other all the time. I don't care what religion, culture, language, everything. We put boxes on each other because we say this is what success looks like versus, and here's what I heard you say, I'm already success. I'm already successful. I'm already whole and complete, lacking nothing, when I hide nothing in the shadow and darkness. So let me work out already being successful, being uniquely, wonderfully created, being the only one Mitchell there is. Let me work out of that. And you get to choose to accept that person. And here's a beautiful part. That person never arrives. You're constantly discovering yourself. You're constantly growing. Who you were yesterday or a week ago before you came to the training is different from who you are today. And I love what I'm hearing you say is like, I don't hear any blame or anything on your parents, on the church. And all I'm hearing is you're acknowledging how it used to be. And you're saying, but this is how I'm committed being just more authentically me. And you're not there. You're just figuring out and failing forward, right? Yes. And then uh, to add on it is that um, it's not that my parents or my church was ever bad or my family was ever bad. It's just they brought me up to a certain level. And guess what? It's just like that wall. And guess what? I had to climb past that wall and start creating my own path. And I had to start creating my vision of where I want my life to be. Because guess what? Everyone in my church, everyone in my family, will die someday Mm -hmm. but if they die before i die guess what am i going to be a crippled person because i don't have them in my life or am i going to be a strong foundation to help my family underneath me 
or around me to be able to hold fast and to grow in a better way. That is beautiful. That's you no, know, that's called in every society, it's called a rite of passage. You know, we talk about honoring your father and mother, and most people think that means, oh, I just do everything you tell me. But to honor them sincerely is to be able to be independent and mature that they know they raised you where you make your own choices, where you own your own personality, where you own your own maturity, where you own the level you want to grow up. And what you did, like you said, as children, they raise us up to that glass ceiling. Then as mature adults, for us, we have to break through that glass ceiling. That's what you did this weekend. Break through that glass ceiling and make your own decisions. Take responsibility for your own choices, and then you'll honor your parents. And that's my experience of you. I mean, if I could summarize your whole weekend, it was just saying, fuck, I have just been kind of riding on everybody else's coattails. It's time for me to make my own choices, take responsibility for my own decisions, and have fun while I'm doing it. Is exactly. that true? Yeah. Yes. Hey, I want you to tell us something because you blew this up this weekend. This was like your big, my experience, your biggest like wrestle all weekend long. You're like, pow, pow, pow. You're wrestling with right and wrong versus does it work or not work in this moment? Tell me more about the, just that thought process of letting yourself free from being right or wrong and just giving yourself permission to say, <clears throat> hey, does this work for me right now or does it not work? Will it work for me well, later or will it not work? And there's a big shift well, in that. I want to hear your conversation. Um, so what would you like to hear it about as far as faith, family, or fitness? Yeah, just where you're wrestling to that, where it applies the most, the right and wrong versus working or not working. Well, I would have to say as far as like right or wrong with my family, say if they um, don't like what I do, but I am the king of my own empire and I just tell them like, hey, um, it doesn't matter, like, I or I respect and love you who you are, but this is who I am. And if you can't respect who I am 100% and give them a reason to deny me, mm -hmm. then how could they ever truly love me? And accept you. And accept me who I am, am as a man. See, I mean, sometimes I think you're really Asian. Your whole weekend was around family and the blessing of the family. I go, dude, you sound like a freaking Asian because we're so scared to break away because we'll shame our parents. We'll shame the name. We'll shame all this bull crap. And the this whole wrestling. Yeah, go ahead. The faith, too. Yeah, the faith Add in our on. culture and our faith. Yeah. And I love how you put it. It's like, if I don't give you a reason to reject me, how am I giving you a reason to accept me? If I don't exactly. give you a reason to reject me because I'm doing something a little bit different from you, I'm in a different generation, different era, I'm going to live a different way. And most likely, I'll probably pick a girl different from what you want me to pick. So I'm giving you a reason to reject me and the way you grew up and what you want for me. At the same time, now you get a reason to accept me and see the man I'm becoming and the choices I'm making and the decisions I am having. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Exactly. That's Ooh, spot on. That is beautiful. All right. I'm getting excited, but I only got you for about 10 more minutes. Where you go? Faith, fitness. We talk about family. Talk to me about finance. What was your financial life before come here? Not like how much money you had and all that, but how did you see finance is the vehicle? We say it's the vehicle to support your purpose. How did you see your business? How did you see your employees? How did you see life with your finances before the training? Before declaring that you're a king, warrior? a lover and magician. So um, as far as like with my finances go, um, I would have to say that um, 
growing my business to a degree of like owning a million dollar crane, owning a $350,000 grapple bucket, owning all this big equipment. Um, yes, it's a great dream and it's a great vision, but like what you told me and what really stuck out to me is that here's my comfort zone in the circle. Mm -hmm. And then there's my vision all the way over here. Um, most people, if they try to go straight to their vision, guess what they're going to do in financial world bankrupt. So I took that huge of what you said is like taking your circle, moving it over. Even if you're moving it over an inch, you're yep. still going closer to your vision and you have that tenacity and you have that force behind you to move forward, to never take no for an answer. But um, what else I really learned is how I can take my financial status to be able to make, try to figure out how to make money for myself so that I can be able to enjoy life to, so I can benefit myself so that I can be able to um, grow and be able to be the, the better king of my life. Because if I don't have the holes getting plugged in my cup, then how can my business be a real success? Because with the financial status of it, I need my life to be able to be very organized financially. And we're looking at dead weight on our company. I'm looking at everything that I don't use on a daily basis or on a monthly basis. I'm looking at it as a, a dead weight. I'm looking at it as an anchor. So my, uh, my goal is in 90 days, I want those dead weight off of my company and in my pocketbook or in my checking account so that I can focus more on that goal and just like any toys that I have, it's like, okay, how many times am I using it? Am I at least using it three times a year? If I'm not using it three times a year, sell it and just start renting something for a toy for a little bit. So I have that little bit of a dopamine rush of doing something fun instead of having that constant headache of a maintenance issue or a constant headache of a, oh, is it ready to go? So then you have to spend money to get it ready. So now I feel like I'm, seeing things as more cut and dry and seeing a, a different vision in my life that I can actually accomplish. My true vision is to be able to financially support myself and maybe someday have a family and maybe understand that whenever like I want to go on a, a family vacation, I could be able to financially rent out a whole entire house and to say, hey, all you have to do is get here to this mm -hmm. point and we can have a family vacation so that I can be able to love my family more and be able to give them experiences in their life so that they can, we can grow closer as a family. Okay. So I acknowledge you just got the training, man, you were like drinking like tons of water of, of knowledge of, of new content, new information, new experiences last three days. You just got home two days. You're still processing everything and the work is never done. So you got, I'm asking for permission to, uh, to correct you. in one thing you said, and I'm going to correct you because I know your heart, but you're just, it's an old whisper pattern that's coming out. Do I have permission? Yeah. You have permission okay. to curse me out. Yeah, you ready? <laughs> we did a lot of that this weekend, huh? Uh, but here's the deal. 
when you say, uh, maybe I want to have a family one day, let's give you another go again and say, see if you want to say something different. Do you maybe want to have a family, want to have a family someday, Sebastian? There you go, motherfucker. I want a beautiful woman <laughs> there that you go. has a beautiful heart that loves me for who I am and not for what I could be. I want somebody go. to love me with 100% who I am, to be patient for who I am, and to just all around just like see my visions. Yeah, and, and that's very important that we had this conversation those who are watching don't know is um, you, that is probably one of the biggest breakthrough you had. You know, if we had 10 more hours to talk about your history and past and you share that very vulnerably, they'll see that is, you know, just like most men, we have relationships and they didn't all turn out well. And so we either go again or we just avoid it and put all our energy and work into our biological family, into our faith, into our fitness. And we avoid that intimacy, that connection going again. I love how powerful you just said, yes, I want to get married again one day. Or not again, but get married one day. Yes, I want a beautiful woman, and I want this. And that is the freedom of finding yourself. So we're going to close with this, and you gave everybody a gift. I just turned on my iPad because I want to show you something because this is you giving everybody a gift. Let me see. Where is it? Uh, whiteboard. Here it is. Let's see. We can see this. Can you see that? Pinch awesome. out. Here you go. So here's what you said, and this is what you said, and I want to close with. We're going to draw the simple map because this is you, and you brought this up, and I want everybody to have it. We all live in this circle we call our comfort zone, okay? This is our comfort zone. This is what we want over here, and that's what you just said about uh, uh, having a future wife. This is what you want. Most people in life will say, hey, if that's what I want, I'm going to go to some motivational classes, and I'm going to go, woo! And I'm going to go get it. But the truth is, as soon as they start going out there, it's not a one big leap. They go out, they go, whoa, oh, shit, that's far. And they fall down and they go back into the comfort zone. That's the truth. But you know what I did wrong, Mitchell? I only went to motivational class. I didn't go to the right one. This other one, we're going to walk on fire and break glass and we're going to eat acid. It won't kill us. <laughs> right? <laughs> so we go, whoo. Oh my gosh, it's still too far. I can't get it in one scoop. And they go back to comfort zone. And then they create this big barrier around the comfort zone that hardens them to what they really want. And what you learned this weekend that you're giving away as a gift is you learn that you don't have to do that in your business. You don't have to do that in your relationship. You don't do that in any aspect, your faith. But what we do is we take you from your comfort zone. We take you to the edge. We recreate your comfort zone. Half of it is in familiarity. Other half is an unprecedented territory where you haven't been before. Then we let, give you the time to fill up that whole comfort zone. Then you go to the edge of your comfort zone again, recreate your comfort zone, and we just keep on doing multiple iterations of this. And finally, you get to your target. And exactly. that way, it's we swing for singles every day. And most people try to swing for home runs, and that's where, in my opinion, they lose it. So, my friend – I ask for you to say one more thing and thank you for your time, but summarize for any other man that says, Hey, you know what? I, I, I don't know how I got on this channel. I am a dentist. Other people are saying, maybe I'm a businessman like you, uh, Mitchell. Others say, I don't even know how the hell I found this video. It must be, it must be no coincidence, but there's a man watching this and he's saying, Hey, you know, I'm, my life works for me. It's not broken. I mean, I'm fine. It's just, there's something empty in me. I feel like I need to level up, go that next level. 
And um, they're saying, Mitchell, I heard you. There's some things that resonate with me. What would you invite them? They're considering going to this men's training. What would you tell them? Um, I would have to say um, Sebastian is probably the best uh, uh, mentor I've ever had in my life. Um, but I would have to say, as uh, far as just being a man in general, just don't be afraid to just be yourself. I mean, as far as like being around like Christian people or as far as around being around your family, as far as being around your um, kids or whatever, I mean, respect them. I mean, show your warrior side to yourself to be able to respect these people. Um, but also don't ever, ever let them define who you really are ever, yeah. ever. That, that, That's that, woo, damn, that was good. Just don't let them define you, be authentically you, and that's how you respect them. Yes. That's how you respect That is 100% them. of what I learned. Yep. I can't week. wait. Our coaching starts next Monday. I can't, or Tuesday. I can't wait to get you on there. And man, we got a lot of work between now and then. Just get ready for our coaching. Thank you so much for being here on this call yeah. and giving it away, brother. Proud of you. And, and just let me know as far as like futuristically of whatever other training there is, as far as being a leader, I want to be able to attend more classes and see what they're <laughs> going to see. What's, well, what, what's so I can financially justify everything. There you go. All that stuff. But I, I appreciate I love you, that. And what I'll do. I love you, You've brother. Been a very big help. Oh man. I love you. This is the beginning of our journey and I'll put the link down there. Of course, I'll text it to you and put it in our group chat and all that stuff. Thank you, brother. Giving it away. Drive safe. Have a great day at work. Yep. Thank you, man. Welcome, brother. Love you. Bye. 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 Love you.